0: We were designed by God for peace, personally, spiritually, and relationally. This message is the fourth in the series, Jesus More Than a Baby in a Manger. The message is entitled, The Peacekeeper. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. We're involved in a series of messages that I want to conclude today entitled, Jesus More Than a Baby in a Manger. We're taking a look at what the scripture says about Jesus Christ, unwrapping the gift of Jesus, this gift called Christmas. I think all of us either already or will today or perhaps tomorrow receive a gift, perhaps, and when you get that gift, there is a moment of anticipation. Everybody thinks, well, what's in the package? And then for some of us, we very meticulously open up the package. I mean, it takes us an hour to open up a gift, right? Any of you here like that? Others of us, we tear into it in a moment. But there's the moment that comes from the anticipation to the revelation, and we look on the inside of the package and we discover the gift that we've received. In that moment of revelation, seeing the gift, there is oftentimes a sense of, of, wow, this is nice. And sometimes there's that moment that, wow, this is incredible. This is far beyond anything I could have imagined. Thank you so much for this gift. It's sort of an over-the-top kind of gift. As we're thinking about this Christmas season and unwrapping the gift of Christmas, I want you to know that when we, if you will, pull back the bow and the wrapping paper of Jesus Christ, God's gift to us, and we open up that package in that moment of revelation, we realize that Jesus Christ is an amazing, incredible, far beyond anything we could imagine kind of gift. The gift of Jesus. Isaiah the prophet, about 700 years before Jesus was born, he looked into history, into the future. Anointed by the Holy Spirit to be able to see what was to come. And he gave us these words that are recorded in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Listen to this prophetic word that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. For to us, or a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Isaiah said, I see coming the Messiah. And when he comes, people will experience him in such a way that they will give him some titles. They will give him royal names. They will identify him as the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Would you say those four with me? The Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace that is when you and I get to know Jesus we discover Jesus is the wonderful counselor no one can counsel you like Jesus can Jesus is the mighty God He's the healing Savior. He's the liberating Savior. He is the supernatural Savior that comes into our lives, the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He introduces us to a relationship with God the Father who loves us far beyond anything that we can imagine. And then the fourth title is he is also the Prince of Peace. The word prince identifies him with royalty, the kingdom of God. That he is the one, the prince that brings the rule of peace into your life and my life. So what I'd like to do for just a few moments today on this Christmas Eve is to remind us of just two things about Jesus as your Prince of Peace. What does this mean? First of all, it means that Jesus has promised peace to you. He has a promise to you to give you peace in your life. When you begin to study the life of Jesus, you begin to discover that Jesus not only talked about peace, but he embodied peace. That who and what he was, he lived out an expression of peace. In fact, when you would see him in stressful situations, oftentimes with the disciples and they're worried and concerned about all these different things, Jesus would often step in and say something like, oh ye of little faith, and his peace would bring peace to the environment because Jesus was the supreme and is the supreme example of peace himself. There was never a time that Jesus was rattled by the world around him. He lived and exemplified peace. There were times when the disciples were on the Sea of Galilee and the storms were beating against Him and the wind was blowing and the waves were breaking over the bow of the ship. And oftentimes you would find Jesus in the back of the boat sleeping. Why? Because He is, in, in essence, He is peace. He cannot be anything other than peace. He is the God of Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. He is the God, our peace. He exemplified it. But not only did Jesus exemplify peace, but He also promises to be and has promised to be your source of peace. In our world today, we live in a very disturbing culture, a disturbing world and we're oftentimes trying to find peace for our heart and peace for our mind. Unfortunately, we often try to find it in the wrong ways. We try to find peace through things. If I could just simply get this thing, I would be happy. If I had this car, I would be happy. If I had this home, I would be happy. If I had these clothes, I would be happy. If I had these friends, I would be happy. If I had this relationship, I would be happy. If I had this job, I would be happy. We tend to externalize our pursuit of peace into the things around us. If I only had that, I would be happy. But none of those things will ever make you happy. Because as soon as you get one of those things, there's always another thing that you want or need that is still calling for a a cry in your heart for something that is deeper than anything can supply. And that's why Jesus said, I want you to know that what I've come to do is to bring you peace on the inside, a peace of heart and mind. And in fact, in John 14, verse 27, Jesus made this very clear. Listen to the words of Jesus himself. I am leaving you, that's you, I am leaving you with a gift. And then he describes the gift. What is the gift? A peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus said, I have a gift for you. And the gift that I want to give to you. I want you to think about that. To you. Not you in general, but you personally. The gift that I want to give to you is the gift of peace. It's a peace of heart peace of mind. The world can't give it to you, but Jesus said, I can. So don't be worried and don't be afraid. Jesus also throughout his ministry instructed us in how to live in peace. It's one thing to say that peace is available to us, but it's another thing to actually learn how to live in it because it's a process. You have to learn how to walk in and live in the peace of God because there are all kinds of things would love to pull you away from God's peace. And Jesus said, I promise to teach you how to live in my peace. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Notice these words again. Jesus himself speaking, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. That is when you're disturbed in your life, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest I'll give you peace take my yoke upon you let me teach you notice that let me teach you he says I have a gift for you let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and the burden I give you is light Jesus said I want to not only show you what peace is by being an example I not only want to promise you peace it's something I want to give you but I want to teach you how to live in it every day of your life. And that's the second point I'd like to share with you today that I think is so important to remember where I'd like to wrap up today's message. And that is to understand that there is a path to keeping God's peace. Jesus promises peace to you, but there's a path to experiencing and keeping this peace in your life. And I'm going to share with you five things that are essential if you want to experience the peace of God in your life. Can I ask you today, just for a show of hands, How many of you would like to have a greater dimension of peace in your life? Would you raise your hand? All of us, right? We all want greater peace. These five things, when you do them, will guide you to a life of greater peace. Number one, you must receive God's forgiveness. There's perhaps nothing that will steal your peace more than guilt. A sense of having done something wrong. A guilt of shame in your life for what you've done, who you are, what you've been. Things that have happened in your life that haunt you and... And right in those moments when you're most vulnerable, the enemy comes and reminds you of your past, reminds you of all those things that you've done wrong or the failure you, failures you've had in your life. And he, he likes to sort of bring those things up and keep you aware of your failures. But we must understand that God's peace comes to us not by earning our way back to God, but by simply receiving the gift of forgiveness that comes from him. It's a free gift that he wants to give to you today. And there's some of you right now that you think about your life and there's there's guilt there, there's shame there, there's something that's hanging from your past that haunts you from time to time. And I want you to know, based upon God's word, that you can be free from that today. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I'll read it in just a moment. Let me tell you something about Paul. Paul himself was a great sinner. In fact, Paul said of himself, I'm the chief of sinners. Paul had been the one that had stood by before he'd met Christ, he'd stood by when Stephen was stoned to death. And he had given consent to Stephen, the deacon of the early church, being stoned. And so he, he, Paul understood guilt. He understood what it was to feel ashamed of things in his life. But he also understood what it was to receive God's forgiveness. And notice what he writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Notice that made right in God's sight by faith. We now have. What do we have? Have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. See, I'll tell you something today. It's not what you have to do to get things right with God. It's what Jesus has done for you already that gets you right with God. All you do is put your faith in what Christ has already done for you. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, But if we confess our sins, as we tell God, God, I'm a sinner, and confess our sins to Him. He is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins And to cleanse us from all wickedness. If you want to know peace in your life. You must start by receiving God's forgiveness. And then second of all. You have to learn to release your worries and your fears to God. This is a process of life. It's a simple thing. But it's not easy to do. And all of us have things that worry us. All all of us have things that are fears that weigh upon our soul. And what we must learn to do in this process of walking with Jesus is to learn how to turn our worries and fears over to Him in prayer, to really give them to Him and trust Him to take care of the things of our life and to know that we can trust Him to do that. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 in the Living Bible, we we find this very clear set of instructions. Jesus teaching us again how to walk this pathway of peace. He says, Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. What does that mean? It means that when you're worried about something, instead of carrying the worry and the fear and the anxiety, to take that and say, God, I'm going to turn this worry into prayer. I'm going to talk to you about everything that's going on in my life and the worries that I have and the concerns that are pressing upon me. And I take it to God in prayer and then I thank Him because I know that He's going to answer. It's a confidence that we know that God's got it. That's God's got what you don't have. God can take care of the things that you can't take care of in your life if you'll turn them over to Him. And then notice verse number 7. If you do this, that is, if you pray instead of worry, if you do this, you will experience what? God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest. Remember Jesus said, I want to teach you how to be at rest and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. The third thing that is necessary to walk this pathway of peace that Jesus promises us is to practice gratitude and to practice praise. When you're a grumbler and a complainer and a discontent, you're never going to be happy and the people around you are not going to be happy. You'll never have peace. I've never found a happy grumbler. Have you? I've never discovered a peaceful discontent. If they're discontent, they want you to be discontent with them they're always spreading that around because there's a lack of peace in them. They're trying to sort of distribute that to those around them, and they create a whirlwind about their life of frustration and discontentment and grumbling. And so often in life, if we're not careful, we can slip into the grumbling pathway. Oh, if I only had this, if I could only do that, if this would only happen for me, if this would come together, then I would be happy. And we have all these mindsets of things that we wish would be better, and we grumble about our state in life. Let me encourage you, if you want to experience peace, to stop the grumbling and start the praising. To stop the discontent and to start realizing that God has blessed you. That there's some wonderful things already in your life. If nothing else, Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth for you to bring you into relationship with God. That's enough to praise God for for eternity. We have wonderful things and blessings from God. And so we turn this around from the grumbling and the discontent and say, Lord, I'm going to to, to determine in my life to be a worshiper, to be a praiser. Why is this important? Because when you praise God, when you worship God, when you become a person of gratitude, you attract the presence of God. Every voice of praise that you lift to God, you're attracting the presence of God. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. He is attracted to people who commit themselves to worship. I love Psalm 32, verse 7. For you, talking about God, are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. Notice this, you surround me with songs of victory. Dear one, today, every time that you lift up a song of worship and a song of praise and a declaration of gratitude from your heart to God, you're creating a song of victory in your life. You're just advancing victory for your life. The fourth thing that is essential to walk this pathway of peace is to learn to replace your tormenting thoughts with truthful thoughts. Sometimes your worst enemy is your brain, your mind, is it not? Any of you ever awakened at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with the craziest thoughts in the world? Okay. Everything attacking your mind. You're wondering about this and what about that. And your mind is just going after you like a monster. Attacking you and just grilling into you and stealing your peace from you. And part of what we have to learn to do, and again, it's simple but it's not easy. And that's to learn to take control of your thoughts. Because, see, your thoughts will often say, I'm in charge. But you know what? You're actually in charge of what you think. You can take authority over your thinking. In fact, the Scripture teaches us that we are to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And Paul speaks of this concept in Philippians chapter 4, 8, 9. Listen to these words because it ties in with peace. And now, now, dear brothers and sisters, that's you and me, those of us who have gathered here on this Christmas Eve. We are the brothers and sisters in Christ, those of us who know Him. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts that as you do this, It's implied that we have a responsibility. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Do you notice the connection with what we think and the peace that comes to our life? Think think about this for a moment. When your troubles begin to arise in your mind, you begin to find yourself fretting and worrying about your your provision or worrying about your health or worrying about your kids or worrying about whatever it might be that you're worried about. When you begin to recite the truth of God's word to say that my God is for me, he's not against me. To remember that I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. To remember that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus To remember that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. To remember that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but one of power love and of a sound mind. When I begin to recite the truth of Scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You begin to recite the truth of God's Word. Let me tell you something. That will dispel all of those thoughts that begin to come in and attack you because truth always drives out a lie. Okay. Always drives out of line. And when you begin to get that in, what happens is peace begins to reign. Let me lead you to the last point as we're wrapping up today. You want to walk in the peace of God? Jesus said, I promise you peace, but there's a pathway to it. You've got to learn to walk the path. I want to teach you. I want to instruct you, but you've got to learn to walk this path. And part of the path is to learn to live in peace with other people. Sometimes our biggest trouble when it comes to the losing of peace is not just about what goes on inside of us, but what goes in our relationships, the relationships around us. And so many times in life that we have things that happen that hurt us, other people will say something to us or something happens in a relationship and we get hurt, we get offended and we get something that scars us on the inside and then we back away from that person because we're disturbed internally. Our peace is gone, and then because our peace is gone, the relationship is broken, so the peace is no longer in the relationship. We used to be friends and buddies and good things were going on in the relationship, but now there's a distance, there's a lack of peace there. And before long, that peace, that lack of peace, that frustration, that offense becomes anger in you, and anger turns to bitterness and resentment, and sometimes it turns to retaliation, and all kind of very, very negative things in life, and it just destroys peace. And there's some folks here today that the reason you're not living in peace is because you're carrying a lot of anger in your heart towards someone else. You've got some bitterness towards someone, and you've never let them off the hook, and you're carrying that inside of you. And here's the, here's the very strange thing about bitterness and resentment toward other people. You think that you're hurting them by having this, that you're making them pay, but you're actually making yourself pay. It's actually destroying you. And so that's why Jesus taught us the importance of learning how to do something called forgive. Because if you don't learn to live in forgiveness, you'll never experience sustained peace in your life. The enemy robs peace from you when you hold on to offenses and bitternesses and things inside of you that that really are just breakages in relationships. And Jesus very clearly taught us this by his own example he showed us. No one was treated more miserably and unfairly than Jesus. You may think that you've been treated very badly, but you've never been treated as badly as Jesus was treated. He was falsely accused he was he was nailed to a cross he'd never done anything wrong. He was the sinless son of God. They spat upon him, they ripped his beard out, grabbing it with their hands. They put a thorn of crown oh, a thorn, a crown of thorns on his head and beat it into his brow and blood was coming down they They did all kind of demeaning things to Jesus, but on the cross, do you remember? What Jesus said, one of the seven statements of Jesus on the cross, he wanted to make sure that there was never anything in him but the love of God. And on the cross, he prayed this prayer, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And maybe for some of you on this Christmas Eve 2017, that's the very prayer that you need to pray. Would you say those words with me? Father, forgive them. Say it with me. Father, forgive them. It didn't kill you, did it? To say it, right? And for some of us, we need to replace the them with a particular name. I don't know what that name is in your life, but Father, forgive. And take the them out and put the name right there, Father, forgive them. I choose to forgive. Because when you choose to forgive, you open the door back up to the peace of God flowing in and through you. Romans 12, 17, and 18. With this, we conclude. Never pay back evil with more evil. Now, I was very interested in that verse, so I did a very extensive search to understand the word never. And I came to realize that the word never means never. For those of you that are more technical, it actually means not ever. Okay? Not ever. Never pay back evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can. Notice that. Do all that you can. You cannot control anyone else, but do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, some folks are going to just be hard-nosed and very difficult to get along with, but you do everything you can to live in peace with those around you. Make the choice to do as Jesus did, to choose to forgive. So you say, you know, how do I experience this? What is this all about? To understand there's a promise. There's a promise of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace. There's a promise of peace to you and there's a pathway of peace that you can step on. And today we're opening up that gift of Christmas. Think of it as this box that we're opening up. And we've taken the bow off. We pull back the wrapping paper. We pulled out all the stuffing paper on the inside. We've looked in and there is Jesus, the gift of Jesus. Who is he? He's more than a baby in a manger. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He is the Mighty God, He is the everlasting Father, and He is the Prince of Peace. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the gift of Your Son, Jesus, Now we can come and celebrate on this Christmas Eve the reality of the greatest gift ever given to humanity, the gift of Your Son, God in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And thank you, Jesus, that you have come to us as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And I pray that today as we've studied, reflected upon you as the prince of peace, I pray that the reality of that would be more than just a theological or mental understanding. Let it be an experiential dimension of our life that today we would step into in a greater dimension, the peace of God. And Lord, may it not be something just for a season in our life. Let it be something we live in for the rest of our lives, for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.